right, guys, welcome to the KFF show, episode number 32. I am pumped. So if you love kayak fishing, there's no better place in the world to be right now than on this show. So thank you guys for showing up. The podcast is going crazy. Over 700 listens in episode, which is like surpassed YouTube. And so pretty pumped about that. So if you're out there on the podcast, you're listening in, you're driving into work, you're doing a workout. Hey, reach out. Love to hear from you. Um, you can find me at all the platforms at Wendell Fishing. I hear a lot from a YouTube community, but I don't hear a lot from those uh, listening to the podcast. So thank you so much. Grateful for you. Um, let's see what we got next. I got some news and announcements for we bring out our uh, our guest today. I got Mike McKinstry, the Basquatch Hunter, and I'm pretty pumped about his story. Um, you know, his story is from YouTube to the Discovery Channel. So I'm pumped to kind of jump into that story a little bit, dissect, see how that happened. Um, so I'm pumped. It's good. It's going to be really good. And so excited about that. I uh, also got the Cast Cray giveaway going on tonight for the show. So if you become a YouTube channel member, um, I kind of go the extra mile for my YouTube channel members. If you're interested in what that is, head over to my YouTube channel, hit the join button, and it will show you the three different levels. And it's really kind of my inner circle. I kind of go the extra mile for individuals, um, do some sneak previews of videos that aren't accessible, sometimes weeks in advance. And so recently, um, got two channel members this past week. So thank you, Bass Ackwards13 and my man, Mark Hurst, for becoming channel members, supporting the show. Um, you know, all this stuff costs cash, even this streaming platform. It's like $50 a month. So every little bit helps, and I'm incredibly thankful for all of you. All right, let's give an update on the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series a tournament uh, over at Fishing Chaos. I'm going to share my screen here, and let me go over here to Fishing Chaos and see what we got going on. All right, we're going to look at the top five. Woo, Stephen Guthrie putting on some inches, 106.75, followed only by a half inch by John Long. I mean, look at these look at these numbers. I mean, John doesn't have a fish under 20 inches, which is just crazy. Uh, Greg Massa, 101.75. D. Saja has 93.5. And Tammy Sanchez, who is already on the team, already slotted the, the first spot of four with 90.25. And if you go all the way to the bottom of the top 10, there I am, 82. And it doesn't help whenever you lose an 18 and a half inch or it jumped off your board, which I just happened this morning before work. So that's kind of painful. If you want to see the pain in my face ever, I just posted that short. That's a couple hours ago. Um, but that is Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series. And uh, we got two more months after this one. So if you're interested, want to hop in, you can still hop in. You can sign up for the Knucklehead anytime throughout the month and any month. So love for you to be on my team as we go down to uh, Lake Gunnersville and Lake Wheeler over Veterans Day weekend and face off against Hoover, Fluke Master, Rudd, um, Larry Mount Jr., the gang. And so it's going to be a blast. All right. Well, remember, this is an interactive show. I want to hear your questions for Mike. But uh, most people I have on the show, I don't have like a, a video to introduce them. But I do for Mike. So, Mike, I'm going to show the 30-second introduction of what the Basquatch Hunter is. And then we'll, then we'll bring you on. All right. Let me share my screen. Da -da -da. All right, folks. Welcome to the Basquatch Hunter Fish Out of Water. I got a fish. <laughs> we share our love for fishing with our guests, and then we dive into their world and show off what they do. We both chased our dreams, but together we will chase our Basquatch. Hosted by Mike McKinstry. The Basquatch Hunter Fish Out of Water. 
Mike, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Good. How are you, man? I am doing well, man. Uh, I I've been. I actually watched one of the episodes of the Bass. Oh, which one did you watch? The one with Sadie Bass. Oh, on Bass Lake, on the Bass Watch Hunter. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bass going on in that. And that you know what? That is amazing. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing about all these interviews that you've done. Uh, but first, before we delve into the, that very interesting story, uh, I want the origin story. Like you, you started, it sounded like you started out on YouTube, and maybe something precedes that. I couldn't find it when I was kind of doing my research. But hand it to us. How'd you go? How'd you get into YouTube one, and then the transition to? the freaking discovery channel. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way to s- describe it too, is the freaking discovery <laughs> channel. I that every Saturday when my show airs and I see that little D in the bottom with a little swirling globe in it, I'm just staring at it for a couple of minutes. I'm just like, huh? <laughs> um, Cause that wasn't my plan. That's not how I started this. Like I didn't start doing this thinking that this was going to be on discovery. I mean, I hoped it obviously eventually would be, but I just, it's one of those things where like, I set goals in a weird way. And I used to always talk about this all the time online. Uh, Like I don't set goals as like a landing spot. I set goals as like a launch pad where if I reach to it, then I know it'll launch me to the next one. And then if I reach that, it'll launch me. Like if people make a goal as a finish line, then you give up or become complacent. And I just, I'm not wired that way. So discovery channel was always one of those things where I was like, if I hit that, that'd be cool. But you know, the old saying that uh, if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you still lie among the stars. Yeah, all right. So that's well, kind of my goals. I always <laughs> set my awesome. goals like that. Like I'll shoot for the moon, but if I miss, I'm still among the stars and I can launch off a star to get closer to the moon and whatever. So anyway, so uh man, I started out uh I, I've been in marketing or I was in marketing for 13 years and I had a lot of careers, a lot of businesses. I mean, I've had a music business, I did professional mixed martial arts for a while, I coached hockey, um, I uh, I did private hockey coaching. I did private self-defense classes. I had a rustic industrial furniture business for a couple of years. That was really, really good. It was awesome. Right. Um, I, I've, I owned a bar um, when I was 25. I bought a bar restaurant. Um, I've had all these businesses, but I, my main career, I worked at a firm. I was a director of sales at a marketing and promotional marketing company. And uh, I loved that career. I loved that industry of like, I did stuff for like Kid Rock and Eminem and GM. I did all Kevin Van Dam's marketing for nine years, like promo oh, nice. and logo designs and book distribution and stuff. And uh, I loved the atmosphere, but I, I found myself like not waiting to get out of work so I can go fishing. And it wasn't because I loved fishing. Like my parents didn't fish. Like no, none of my friends really fished. Like fishing, I've just always been around water. Like where I live, there's 24 lakes within 10 minutes of my house. There's three lakes in my neighborhood. I mean, there's just water everywhere up here. So I just always fished. It's just something I just did. But I, I, I played a lot of team sports and fishing was the only one I didn't need a team for. I could do it by myself. Right. So I found myself working just so I could get off of work and go fishing. And I, I literally was trying to make enough money to buy a new boat all the time or to upgrade <laughs> my fishing gear. Like, like most of us have a day job just to be able to afford to do what really makes us happy, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, or to allow us the freedom to take time off to do it. And I was like, man, a lot of my clients talk to me about fishing all the time. And I'm only in my office, like a week, maybe a week, a month. Um, the rest of it was all just remote or on the road. Um, and I was doing that for years. The last year I worked in my office, I was probably there once a month and that was just to turn in some reports and just say hi to everybody and just be like, Hey, like I'm still alive, everybody. But every day I was on the water, I was fishing and I started like getting this thing where I was like dreading having to do actual work, <laughs> you know, like most of us do, but everybody listening in is like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, this is, this is so relatable and anybody can do what I did. Like I, I'm not a superhero or magician or, or, I mean, I'm lucky for sure, but anybody could do what I did and hopefully better to be honest with you. But, um, I literally just sat there one day and I was like, man, I just need to get on the water today. I'm taking a day off work. I'm just, I'm turning my phone on silent. I just need a day on the water. Um, 
and uh, you know, I, I got rid of my bass boat because I needed to get in spots where the boat wouldn't go, and I kept on damaging my boat motor all the time. So I bought it. I bought a kayak, my first kayak, a Feel Free Lure Eleven Five, just because someone told me that um, I didn't want that. I wanted a Hobie instead, and so I was like, well, I'm curious to see why I shouldn't get that one. And I looked at it, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Um, and it was a lot cheaper, so I bought it, and I fell in love with the seat, the stability, and I was like, man, these things, I didn't even know they existed. So I started telling my buddies like, Hey, these things exist. And they're like, yeah, bull crap. We'll flip over. I'm like, no, this thing, you don't understand these new fishing kayaks. There's a bunch of different brands. Like there's a bunch of different colors. Like these things are like little boats. Like, trust me. So either way, fast forward a week or two after my kayak, my first kayak, I'm on the water and I'm talking to this client. And I was like, man, I don't want to, and he was a guy I worked with for like nine years, like 10 years. Like, so we were like buddies and uh, he owned a pizzeria chain. And I was like, Hey man, I'm like, I'm not really working today, but I saw you calling. It's like, what's up? He's like, Oh, I need some of this, blah, blah, blah. And then I stopped mid conversation. I started screaming about this fish and I'm like, Oh my God, listen, blah, blah. And I'm on speakerphone. And this guy was like, you know what? Forget the business stuff. I need a picture. Send me a picture of what you just caught. So I sent right. him a picture. We talked about fishing for like a half hour. And that was my aha moment. That was when I was like, what am I doing? Like, I just had so much fun telling this dude about my experience and how cool this kayak was and how my kayak just turned in a full circle with a fish. I'm like, <laughs> this is like, I literally hung up the phone with this guy. And I'm not even joking. I called the owner of the company. I was a director there. So I wasn't, I was like a contracted employee. Technically, like I wasn't really like an employee. Um, I called the owner of the office of the shop and I was like, Hey man, uh, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> and, and he started laughing. He goes, and no joke. He didn't ask any questions. He just said fishing. And I said, yup. And he goes, well, I'm here if you need me and you can always come back. And, uh, how long do we got? I'm like, I'll give you two weeks or a month, whatever you need. Do you want me to hire, do you want me to hire someone to replace me or train people underneath me? What do you want me to do? He's like, ah, you know, he's like, you kind of been in and out for so long. We were kind of waiting for this. He goes, he goes, why don't you just do what you got to do? And if you need us, we're here. If you want to come back or whatever. I was like, cool. So they give me a going away party like a week later. Um, do my going away party. Literally then that night I started a YouTube channel and that, and that was okay. the start of it. Like that was it. I quit my job and I had seven videos on YouTube. I had seven like little, like I called them highlight reels of fishing. They're, they're still on my YouTube channel. They're terrible, but you can see where I started. I started out with $20 Amazon knockoff cameras that look like GoPros. Um, they had like Chinese writing on them <laughs> and, uh, it, it, the batteries lasted like 26 minutes or something. Um, I, I had these cameras with PVC pipe camera mounts and all this stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, I did these terrible videos on some free editing software and I made them like I put every single effect you could use in every video because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, it was funny because I got more feedback in the first week um, than I ever expected of people just being like, oh, man, I've never seen these before. You know, there was like three or four competitive kayak fishermen in my area. I think there was like five KBF members of my state at the time. Okay. Like nobody did like th there was like other smaller groups for sure that was doing it way before me for sure in the area. And, uh, and I was looking for them on Facebook and trying to meet people and stuff in the beginning. Um, but like there wasn't anyone really taking it seriously in the state. So I was like, yeah, this stuff is cool. Come check it out. And I started doing like these meetups with people where they just try out my kayak and I bought another one so they could try out another one. Then I bought another one and I was like, I want people to try it. I fell so in love with sharing how cool the adventure was. And I fell so in love with how excited people got trying it out for the first time. And I was like, you know what? This is it. I need to make, I need to make my YouTube channel and my brand at, at the beginning. It was called kayak anglers of the Midwest. And I was like, I need to make my brand something that's welcoming. I want people to come try this out. We did it once every two weeks. We did a, a meetup where all these people would come out and try kayaks out for the first time. I'd borrow them from a local retailer. Um, and I just fell in love with the excitement people had. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Right? Like one of those things, like, yeah, I told you, isn't this cool? Um, and then it literally just from there, brands started reaching out to me and they're like, Hey man, your content's contagious. Like mm -hmm. you're truly getting people into the sport. Like 
what you're doing, nobody else is doing right now. Like there's other people, you know, there was, uh, you know, Chad Hoover had his uh, TV show and YouTube channel. Gene yeah. Jensen had his awesome YouTube channel. My favorite, one of my favorite YouTube channels for fishing. Um, my good buddy, uh, Robert Field had his YouTube channel going. And that was pretty much it in the kayak world. That was literally it. Uh, I think Drew Gregory had his show um, at the time too, and his River Bassin series too. So like, there was like very few people that I could look at to see what to do, and none of them were doing what I wanted to do. They were all doing entertainment and tournaments and all this cool stuff. But I was right, like, that's right. not my niche. Like, that's not what I want to do. I loved tournaments at first, but I knew I couldn't make a living doing it. I was like. I need to do something that's going to inspire people. Winning a tournament is not going to inspire anybody to try out kayak fishing for the first time. It's going to do nothing for anybody. Yeah, it's not, really, like, not relatable. No, exactly. No one's going to no one's going to see that and go, "Oh my gosh, I need a kayak." Like they're going to be like, "Oh, that's cool. You want a tournament? Like that's cool. Like maybe take fishing tips from me or something." But that you know, that wasn't what I wanted. I'm not a teacher. Like that's what you know, fluke masters for. Like Gene is like the professor of fishing, in my opinion. Like if you want to learn, watch his stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, either way, so I had these brands reaching out to me, and I was like. I literally remember this conversation with this guy and uh, I was, and I guess I'll, I'll shout it out. It was feel free kayaks. And uh, the guy was like, Hey man, he goes, you're doing so much. I either need to tell you to leave us alone or we need to bring you on board. He's like, because you're doing so much. Like you're just, you came out of nowhere and you're going hundred miles an hour. Like you're doing videos nonstop. You're doing social media stuff. Like I was make, I, I made shirts for a living in my, you know, my previous career. So I was making like feel free shirts that I was wearing all the time. And they reached out to me. They're like, man, like, who the heck are you? What are you doing? And either a stop or B we need to pay you and bring you on board. And I was like, thank God they chose the latter. Um, mm -hmm. and I hope they, you know, they're happy still. We've been together for seven years, but, um, nice, nice. it was one of those things where I'm like, I laughed and I was like, you're going to pay me to do this. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so what else do you want me to do? He goes, no, no, no just keep doing what you're doing. I was like, okay, I'm just, all I'm doing is going to have fun every day and I'm meeting cool people. And like letting them see how cool this is. That's, I mean, that's cool with you. And he goes, dude, you're doing a great job, but keep on doing it. And that was my moment where I was like, this needs to be a TV show. And that was like, that was like the turning point where I was like, the YouTube channel's cool, but I wanted to gear it towards, I need a bigger audience because if I'm impacting people right now with 32 subscribers, like imagine what I could do if I had 32,000 or 3.2 yeah, yeah. million, or, you know, imagine what I could, how many people would see this and go, holy crap, I want to do that. So that's what turned it into a TV show. And, and, and I'm trying not to make this too long. You told me. I could no, make it long. long. I want you to be long winded. My, my question oh. is, well, really quick. Where are you from? I got a couple questions before we hop into like discovery channel transition. Yeah. I'm um, from Michigan from the Detroit area. Uh, I always say Detroit, but I'm not from like anyone from Michigan would laugh at me for saying Detroit. I'm 40 minutes North of Detroit, but people outside of Michigan, you just say Detroit because that's my closest city. But, um, I'm from uh, West Bloomfield, Michigan, which is North of Detroit. Yeah, and, uh, we're in the most congested lake area in the entire country. Oakland County is one of the wealthiest counties because it's all lakefront. Like everybody is lakefront. You can't, you can't get to my, if, if you're three miles away from my house, it'll take you a half hour to get here because you have to go around like 17 lakes. Like there's no straight roads. It's crazy. But that's why I live in this area is I can pick what species, which lake based on the wind or based on structure or based on if I have an experienced guest or non-experienced guest, like I yeah. can literally go, we'll do this lake right here. And they're all within five minutes of me and they're yeah. all public. Man, I had a blast watching some of your videos today because you're fishing with guys I associate with. Yeah, Hoover, Fluke Master. Um, I saw I saw the one with Robert Field. Um, that was that was your and a lot of your initial videos I noticed was a lot of like kayak fishing, I mean, fishing kayak reviews. That's yeah. kind of how what you cut your cut your teeth on. A lot of your videos are on that, and we are all absolutely every single one of us are waiting for that call. You're doing so much for us. We either want to pay you or you got to go away. Like, who, you know what? It's not a bad call right to now. get. It's not a it's bad, not call, a bad to get. call. But it's funny it's because, like, half the company, and I hope Feel Free doesn't get mad uh, that I'm 
you know, completely put him on front street here, but um, half the company was saying like this dude is too much. And the other half was saying this dude is exactly what like the sport needs, which is totally how I think everyone views my personality is like 50% are like, dude, just holy crap. You're a lot like either people hate me for it or love me for it. And that's it. And that's just what happens when you have a, like a, a crazy hyper personality. And uh, you know, you're very outgoing and loud and I go in a hundred miles an hour from the start. I don't do anything 20%, you know, anything that's yeah. worth doing is worth doing. Right. So. Hey, I can appreciate that. Fishing with Gramps is on right now. He said, uh, Bill Dance hat on the shelf. All that matters right there. Is that what that is in Tennessee? So, you know what? There's a little, oh, I just turned this up. Is my audio too loud now? No, that's good. I think we're good. Okay. I just turned this up a little bit so I could hear you better, but um, let me turn my headphone. Hold on. Okay. Um, oh, that's really loud. So, the Bill Dance hat. Uh, so, Bill Dance uh, is literally what got me into fishing because he, I didn't, I, he's not looked at. He's the first person to catch a bass in a fishing tournament. I don't know if people realize that. That's ridiculous to say that. He's the first person to bass fish in a tournament to catch a bass. Like he's like the originator of like it's ridiculous. The dude's accolades are like I always call him the grandfather of bass fishing for a reason. Mm. But when I first started out fishing when I was young, um, like a kid, I used to watch his show on TV. And I remember I don't remember any fish he ever caught. I can't tell you any memorable fishing experience he's ever had but i can tell you how many times a snake fell out of a tree or his toy motor <laughs> broke off or he fell off his boat or he slammed his fishing rods in his door or he uh threw a battery in the lake attached to his hand and he flew off the dock like i can tell you a highlight reel of bloopers because that's what got me into fishing because i was like fishing is not about catching fish and i tell people that to this day it's not called catching it's called fishing it's mm -hmm. not about it's about the adventure of trying to catch fish it's about what could possibly happen while you're on the water it's about like the fun stories like you could go to the same lake 25 days in a row and have 25 different experiences like that's what fishing was to me when i was a kid so bill dance was literally like this like superhero like i will never meet him i'll never see him like he's just like this fairy tale of a person to me my whole life <laughs> my first year at icast which was 2016 i believe i met him and his family and i became instant friends with him and his family and we still talk mm. to this day uh we like he sent me that hat and it says let's go fishing mike on it um you know i had talked to his daughter like like we became legitimately friends i got pictures of him holding my decals and stickers and we've had great conversations and i mean he's taught me a lot of stuff too so that hat right there a lot of people are like oh it's a cool souvenir and i'm like it's not a souvenir to me to me that is like superman's cape sitting there you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that is like proof that he exists kind of thing and also my inspiration to remind me that this is all about entertainment this is all about making people inspired to do something not about catching fish like it keeps me humble that hat is like super important for sure yeah no i love it and fishing uh gramp says uh yeah bill is that guy yeah absolutely that guy he's been on he he films uh about 285 days a year still he films a saltwater show he films like he's been on the air for 53 years like it's just insane wow. that that dude is like there wouldn't be an eye cast without him there wouldn't be you know like he he co-invented Strike King Lures. He named it actually. Uh, like okay. there's so many things that that dude has done that people don't even know or give him credit for. And I, you know, I tell him every year when I see him in Florida, which I'll see him in a few weeks here in, at ICAST. Every year I tell him, I'm like, dude, look around. Like, congratulations. Like you <laughs> did this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you know how many of us wouldn't be here? We wouldn't have the opportunity. And that's that's what I like. I hope that I can be like a fraction of what that man is. I hope I can be that to somebody else, you know, like, and that's just, that's literally what motivates me with all the stuff I do. Like I do so many facets of my, of my brand. And that's my biggest like pie in the sky motivation is like, if I can have a 10th of the impact 
on anybody that that guy had on me and everyone else in the sport. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I win right there. I mean, that's a huge win for sure. Bucktail fishing says some of my best memories are watching bill dance with the old man. Most entertaining guy in the world. It was never about catching fish. You cannot name one time that dude's been on and, and he's still on TV all the time. And you can't name one time. Nobody can. I guarantee it of where he was like, oh, I need to catch fish right now. Like there was no pressure. There's no stress. Like it was just like, hey, I'm just hanging out with Uncle Bill. You know, there you go. There you go. Fishing with Grams has it has uh, Bill's hat in a hard shell case. Yeah, I, you I, know, really... I probably should case that one. Probably should. <laughs> probably it's it's should. got my name on it, too. And, you know, I got it's funny. I have right next to it is the Sadie Bass autographed hat, too. Oh, there you go. There you and go. I have, I have uh, some old collectible reels and stuff in front of it. I kind of forget what's behind me sometimes, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Whole room is my, my whole office is full of collectibles. All my books are from the 1800s to the 1900s. Um, they're all like they all have stories to where I got them. I've read all of them. Um, like, and I have camera collections that all work. Um, oh, you can't even see the camera collections. Let me turn this. No, so you got to check this out. Check this Everyone out. Everyone on the podcast is like, that's great. Uh, it's so a bunch of cameras. I, they're all fully functional, but it's so cool. <laughs> oh, really? Like, they're fully fun- all right. I've used every one of these cameras and they have all of original cases. Like there's an original 1909, 1919, 1921. Um, like there's it's really old, like original cameras that are all functional. The first black and white, uh, video camera, fully functional. It's brand new over there. So, uh, I nerd out over weird stuff. So. Anyway, hey, you know what? That's all right. We all we all nerd out a little bit. So let's let's make the transition here. You do the, you do the YouTube thing. Yep. Six six years. You have hundreds of videos out. When did you when did you get the call? Or when did you approach? Yeah, I never got the call. That's a funny thing. So people are always so confused with how this whole thing works and how like, um, you know, there's no book on to do any of this stuff. There's no there's no there's no path like the way that chad did it versus the way robert field did it on youtube versus the way i did it versus the way drew gregory did it there's zero similarities like there's no like i always tell people if you want to follow my footsteps then you're you're in for a really 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 bad ending because they're my footsteps like you have to find your own path because they won't work for anybody else like it's just the weirdest like thing to navigate um and just like fishing i really consider myself super lucky when i'm successful um just like when i catch fish i can no matter how long i fish or how how much I know about fishing and and how much I do it. I consider fishing so much, so much based on luck and just, just like my career. I really do. Like I, sometimes I'm just like, Holy crap. Like, I can't believe like maybe it's hard work, but at the same time, I think it's a lot of luck, but so I had a, I had an iCast. I had a streaming company reach out to me um, and say, Hey, we want to talk to you. And I'm like, cool. And we talked and stuff like that. And um, they told me how much I, you know, I got to pay to be on their platform. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested. Like my, my show doesn't really make that much money. Like I'm making a living, but that's it. Like I don't really make any money. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So then it planted this bug in my head where I was like, maybe I should talk to other streaming companies. I didn't even think about that. Like I didn't even know how that worked. I'm like, let me talk to some other ones. So I called a few other streaming companies around. I found one that I thought was going to be really good. And I was like, Hey, like, you know, how does this work? How, you know, and they're like, Oh, we're kind of new and we'd love to have you on your content. So different. Like we'd love to have you on board. And that was when I did my first episode of my format where I took out a NASCAR driver, the rookie of the year NASCAR driver. Um, and I had, that was the first episode I had and I showed it to him. They're like, Hey man, like that's something different. Like he taught you how to race cars and you taught him how to fish. And it was like, what a cool thing you can show. And, uh, I got on, I got on there and it was one of those things where I was like, this is going to be it. Like streaming platform. Yeah. Ended up being the worst decision I made. It set me back. Really? It set me back about two years of work, to be honest with you, because this streaming company, um, they, they, they were very, uh, I'm trying to find the right way to put it. They were, uh, 
very shady. We'll say. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like very, that was a nice word that you. Very said. fraudulent, um, and <laughs> it was a very big waste of time, and it actually like negatively impacted my show pretty badly. Uh-huh. It sent me back pretty far because all these promises and and things that were said to me ended up not being true. So when I relayed those messages to brands and stuff like that, they ended up uh-huh. not being true. So it, it took a lot of work on my end to fix everything and make everything better. And I literally just did everything I could, and luckily I was I was very good at that part and I made everything better and everyone was happy, but it set me back. So I ended up back on YouTube and I've never really been a YouTuber or really wanted to be like, I look at YouTube, like that's the spot you have to do clickbait. You have to get people's attention because there's millions of videos every hour uploaded. So like you have to do something like gimmicky in order to get attention because it just gets lost. Like you can't just do good content and expect it to get attention. Like it's not good enough. It's gotta be like, you gotta do something. And I, and I just didn't, I don't like that. Like, I don't like the fakeness of it or the pandering part of it. I, or the salesy part of it, I guess. Like, I just feel like it takes away from my, the message that I really want to put out there of like how pure the sport is and how peaceful it can be and like all the good things. So I took six months or so off and I was like, man, I need to start another business or something like this isn't going to work. And maybe I should start building uh, furniture and stuff. Cause I really like doing that. So I kind of did that on the side and that did really well. And I had to pick and choose like, do I want to do this or this? Cause this one's taking off. And I quit doing the furniture business at its peak. Uh, it, you know what? Now it is, but I didn't think so at the time. Like at the peak of that business, I was doing really well. Um, and I had, I was like, all my time's going to this 100% of it. And I'm losing my brand. I'm losing my YouTube stuff. Like I really wanted to pursue that. It meant a lot to me. Like I, I made a promise myself that I wouldn't give up no matter what happened. So okay. I closed down. Uh, actually, the Facebook page is still up if anyone wants to check it out. It's called Rusted Hammer Creations. Um, there's some really cool stuff I made. Um, did a lot of restaurants and stuff too. But either way, um, I left that and I closed that down. It was out of my garage. So I just closed it off. So I was like, I'm done. And then I uh, I got, I actually got a call um, and it was through an agency. And they were like, hey, we saw your show. We saw what you're doing. And man, this is different. And I was like, yeah, like I totally agree. Like, you know, how much am I going to have to pay you? And they're like, no, 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 <laughs> not like that. They're like, we really like your content. And I was like, what? Uh, and then this led to me getting on a pursuit channel. Um, this was four years ago, I believe, uh, four years ago, um, got on the pursuit channel. And then that was my first taste of cable. And you know how they say, uh, if you get a taste of the honey, you want the whole beehive. And that's kind of what happened is I got on cable and got real verified government FCC backed ratings from Nielsen ratings. Uh, so I actually had real numbers that I could deliver to people and report back to and actually track my progress and see how my content was actually doing and actually learn from it. Like that was the best thing I ever had was these crazy analytical moments every single week where I had to sit there and go through everything and just make changes and try to evolve and try to see if I can challenge myself to bump that up every single week. And I got really lucky my first year, I had 1.92 million viewers and congrats. it was, yeah, thank you, man. That was like, it's, it blew me away. I was like, holy crap. Like, that's verified 1.92 million people watched my show. Like that's not counting on social media and YouTube or, uh, you know, I was on like three different streaming networks that were just part of pursuit channel at the time that I didn't have numbers for at the time. And I was like, Holy crap. Like this is something now, like people are actually liking this. And then a year, the next year, the same channel, the same network was like, Hey, you're, you're doing stuff here. You're in the top five of our network. Like you're, you're, 
doing something totally different. Your show looks so much different than anything we have. Like there's no banjo picking. This isn't like boring fishing. Like this isn't grandpa's fishing show. Like you're actually showing other people who also chase their dreams and you're showing them how to fish. And then they're showing you how to do what they do. And you're inspiring people to try out new things outside of fishing and your audience. I had a 13% female audience my first year on cable, which okay. is super. The average standard for outdoor networks is under 5% for oh, female audience. I see the metrics on my channel alone. And it's like, yeah, super what, low. Female. What's your female number? Do you know? Oh, it's, it's, it's under 10. Yeah, it's that's normal for sure. Like, I think mine on YouTube now, I think is in the 20s. I can actually pull it up right now. Just I'm curious. Um, my YouTube one fluctuates based on what episode I put up that month because if it's like, <laughs> like a figure skating episode. I get a big push. Um, right. But I don't have any uh, female base. Actually, the country singer one, I think. Oh, no, that was last month. Um, All right. Female for me is 5.8%. Okay, so that's not terrible though. That's 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 actually decent. All right. Um, how did you find it so fast, audience? Uh, audience, yeah, it's halfway down. Oh, which, it, which makes sense because out of all the comments I get, I feel like I hear from. Maybe, yeah, I'm at one percent <laughs> for the last twenty eight days. I'm at one percent. <laughs> no, so that's the funny part though. But but my biggest audience is twenty five to thirty four age bracket, um, and, which is is young for YouTube. Um, or for fishing, I should say for outdoors. Yeah. Um, you and me what? both. I had a good June. Um, so, so that's the cool part though, is like my audience was so, it was like such a variety of people because it was based on my guest. So like the NASCAR episode had NASCAR fans that never would watch fishing shows, maybe, um, or never watch kayak fishing, maybe, or never heard of it. Then, uh, another episode was like a WWE wrestler and it was people who probably never fished before either, but they saw, they saw their hero, like the WWE guy or the UFC fighter or the country singer. They saw them doing something different. Like they're like, Oh, like Sadie Bass, like amazing, incredible, beautiful girl amazing singer they saw her on the voice they saw her on mm -hmm. wherever they watch her at all these concerts all the country but then they saw her in a different way like out fishing in a kayak for her first time catching fish having fun and they're like oh that's pretty cool like i can do that like if she can do that i want to go try it now then they saw me jump on guitar and jam with her all night at a bonfire till one in the morning and they're like hey that's pretty cool like she's a real person like yeah. so the way that we modeled the show just started taking off and and we won a telly award which is the television awards i think it's like the 40 cases behind me i think it's a 40 something year um this year 45th year maybe yeah. um we won a telly award for excellence in sports on tv our first season our second season we won another telly award for excellence in nature and wildlife um our third season which is uh for last year which is they do the awards a year later so last year for this year we actually didn't get a telly award this year but we got nominated for an emmy um, i saw you was, that was like three days ago you were at the michigan emmys dude yeah, I got it right here. There it is. <laughs> you it, were like was like insane, it was the most insane thing in the world. Like, we were the first kayak bass fishing show to ever be nominated for an Emmy. Um, like, well, pause real fast. I, I want to hop into that. Before we hop in there, for those who have never seen the show, give me the premise. Yeah. Of the show? Yeah, of the show. I mean, I people have like, pieced it together, but one was yeah. that the original dream in front of yeah, the beginning. Yeah, so... In, so when I first started the show, I, I'm obsessed with two shows since I was literally like really young. There, there's the How It's Made show on Discovery Channel um, where it's like factory tours of like pencils and like weird things that we use every day. But we have no idea how it's made. So when I was a kid, my mom used to get so mad at me. I would stay up all night just like I do now, but I'd read a book cover to cover. It was Goosebumps books back then, but I'd read a book to cover to cover all night and then wake her up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning and tell her the whole story to get it out of my mind so I could finally go to sleep for an hour or two before <laughs> school. And then when I got a little bit older, it turned into watching the How It's Made show because it used to air for like 
you know, back then, and I'm not trying to date myself too old here, but back then they didn't really have 24 hour news cycles. So like there was like wrestling on in the middle of the night. There was like, you know, there was just like random programming. So the how it's made show used to air for like eight hours or six hours or whatever, like a long gap all night. And it was like the weirdest documentaries of like, I will never forget how springs are made and pencils and, um, you know, bottles and stuff like that. But that show fascinated me all the time because my favorite thing to do was when people would be like, Oh yeah, I got this pencil or whatever. And I'd be like, Hey, you know how that's made? And I would explain <laughs> from the process. And I was like such a nerd, but people thought it was cool. So when I started this show, I was like, like, man, like the two shows I'm obsessed with are dirty jobs, how it's made and bill dance. How can I make all three of those into one? Like, how can I take my favorite parts of all these things that make me really happy and share them? Cause I know they make other people happy too. So we did the NASCAR episodes, our first one and took the NASCAR driver out fishing, showed him how to fish out of a kayak for his first time, teach him how cool the kayaks were. We got his like natural reaction. We've never met before. Like most of my guests I've never met before. Okay. Um, before we filmed. Um, I never let them practice kayaking first. I don't let them practice casting first. I don't, I don't practice what they do first unless it's like hockey or something I already do. Um, like I don't meet with these people and do anything in advance. Like everything on camera, even if we skunk, if we catch no fish, we, we air it. It's just, it's public lakes and it's real. It's an exact experience of what you would get if you tried any of these things for the first time first too. Time. So we take out the NASCAR driver. We teach him about how to fish out of a kayak. We got his reaction his first time standing up in it, his first time like moving in it, first fish he caught. Um, and then we go to a, a racetrack, a really famous racetrack where everyone races uh, go-karts and these like death mobiles, no seatbelts, no suspension, just dirt track. Like we were, we were all in pain for like a week afterwards. <laughs> we broke, I think, I think we went through between motors and frames we broke. We went through like seven or eight of these go-karts. Um, but the dude taught me how to race and there was so much science behind it. And there was so much like how to break your right tire loose is all that racing is about. It's like how to control your back rear tire, like your right rear tire. And yeah. I was so fascinated by like, I had a faster go-kart, but this dude was lapping me. And I was like, dude, there's so much to this. Mm. And we got to go to the NASCAR track. We were the first fishing show in NASCAR history to get licensing to film on the track. Oh, wow. um, and it was a pain in the butt to get. We had a seven-person <laughs> crew. We had a, a NASCAR official with us. We had a NASCAR official vest we had to wear. But I got to sign the checkered flag. Like, all this cool stuff happened. After that episode aired, people were like, holy crap, you got to race with a NASCAR driver. And I was like holy crap, I got to fish with the NASCAR driver. Like that part was exciting for me. And then like he was telling me afterwards, he goes, yeah, people were like, oh man, that's so cool. You got to teach someone how to race. And like, that was the feedback because everyone loved that. I was like, this is it. This is exactly what I need to do. So then we did more episodes like that with uh, my tattoo artist where he taught me how to do a tattoo. I did a Sasquatch tattoo on his leg, a permanent tattoo. All right. Um, my first time ever holding a tattoo gun was on camera. We didn't practice. We didn't like nothing. Um, it was on his leg? On his leg, he still has it. Obviously, it's a Sasquatch like the size of my hand, and it looks halfway decent on one All side. Right. And I, I was so scared the first half that it's like barely visible. And he still tells me to this day uh, that he's like, "You got to come and do more work on it, like fill it in with something." I was like, "Man, are you sure?" Like I, I was pouring sweat. Like I was so scared. I was like, "Dude, this is the hard. Like it's so hard." But it was cool to be able to show people how hard it really is to tattoo and like how the contour of your skin and how, like the everything is so intricate. And then show him learning how to, I mean, he already fishes, but like showing him how to fish out of a kayak and how to use a pedal drive. And so like every episode we do is different though. Like we, we just filmed with an executive chef and I, he's never been in a kayak and I taught him how to fish, taught him how to kayak. We caught monster smallies that day. He taught me how to cook these amazing dishes. We had a cook off and a little competition. Um, you know, we just filmed with a, uh, um, what was the one before that? Uh, 
an auto body collision guy, a guy who runs a, a whole auto group of collision centers. Yeah. And I got to do body work on a car for the first time. I got to, I got to paint someone's actual car. Like it wasn't staged or a scrap door, like someone's actual car that was getting repainted. I did the base coat, the clear coat. They had to redo the clear coat, but I still did it first. <laughs> and uh, I sanded it afterwards. Like, like it was, it's so cool because like, I'm not just sharing how cool it is to go fishing because that everyone knows that's cool. Like even if you don't fish, people are like, Oh yeah, that's cool. You get to fish all day. But how cool is it to show you how awesome these other careers are and like other people who followed their dreams and do something a little bit different and how much fun it is and how passionate they are about it. Because I meet kids all the time. that are like, Hey, I want to learn how to do this. Cause I saw it in your thing. Or if you could do it, I could do it. Or I want to follow this career. And I want, and it's like, it's not about fishing. It's about that elusive, crazy dream that we never get on camera, which is what a Sasquatch is pretty much, which is where the name came from. And, you know, we just wanted to show people that elusive adventure, that elusive goal that you never reach, like you can reach it. And here's a bunch of different people doing it. Here's a bunch of various people, men, women, old, young, uh, artists, uh, Olympic athletes, you know, whatever, all chasing their dreams. And, and they're all in the same boat where it's like, we did something different. Like we decided one day to risk everything and bet on ourselves and just go, you know what? I'm, I don't care if I make money. I don't care if I live out of a van. I don't care what happens. I'm going to do something that makes me truly happy that I'm passionate about and that I can inspire other people to do too. And that's why all my guests have one thing in common and that's it. Um, but the, the show is so much fun. We're doing an episode this week with a, a food truck that does pizzas. They do cool. fresh pizzas in a fire, like an 800 degree fire, uh, stone fire grill thing and a three minute turnaround with these pizzas. And like how they do it is like super like scientific with everything to make it go that quick. And we're doing a huge food truck thing. We're giving away free pizzas and stuff that day. No one knows about that yet, but doing free pizzas that day at this big park. Um, but be, like, I'll be there. Yeah. But we do such cool episodes, man. Like, it's just like, it's just like such a cool thing to show. We've done factory tours. We showed how uh, hockey goalie gear was made by hand in a factory. We uh, did a Dearborn sausage thing where we showed how sausage factories work and stuff and took them out fishing, used them for used uh, sausage for bait. Like I've gotten a zip line with gators, you know, like I've gotten to fly a 1947 Piper seaplane and fish out of it. Um, like the stuff we've gotten to do with the show, it's just like fishing's cool, man. But you know what? The people I get to film with are so much cooler. <laughs> like the stuff they do, like the stuff that I get to do with them, like, you know, who gets to go work at a food truck and do free pizzas? Like, it's so cool. Like, I love what we do. Man, that is uh, an interesting life you lead, my friend. So It's only like so, 15% of my life, though. And most of my life is in this office. And that's why I've read all these books in here. Because, like, I, I sit in my office all day. I do so much work behind the scenes. Um, you know, everyone thinks I fish for a living. And I always tell you, I'm like, no, I'm not a professional fisherman. Like, I'm a host of a show that has fishing in it. Like most of my life is not fishing. I wish it used to be. I used to fish seven days a week, but now it's like I get to fish for fun maybe once a month. You know, okay. the rest of it's all work. The rest of it's all like, you know, which is great. I love getting people on the water. I love doing it. Um, but it's, and once I get to get on the water, I finally get to relax because that's my only time where I'm not stressed out and not working. Um, you know, I am working, but not like working, working. But most of my job is, you know, everything else. <laughs> yeah. So I watched the episode with Sadie Bass. And uh, it was interesting because, you know, it's like a 50-50 split on the show. So the first half of it was you taking Sadie out to fish. You guys were having a rough a rough go at it. <laughs> you did catch some. Um, she yeah. got a pike. You got yourself a bass, if, if I remember correctly. And then the transition, so you guys sitting around the fire, and you're jamming on a guitar, and she's singing till 1 o'clock a.m. And it was, like, incredibly relatable. That's why I, I, I could see why so many people would be like, this is, it's like an interview with two people. It was, it was fascinating. I loved it. I could watch another one and another one. And so 
Great job. You gotta watch man. the dairy farmer one. The dairy the first the first episode of the season. I started watching it one. and then I got sidetracked and I came back and I happened to find the other one. And so I'll have to watch it. I, I mean the Sadie Bass episode, uh, I think she looks better than the dairy farmer does, but the dairy farmer one, that was my favorite episode of the season until the finale airs. Or the so we have two seasons running right now. This is the first year, the only year we're doing it this way. But we got a Discovery Channel late, like after the new year. So we aired our first half of the season on discovery and the second half is only on pursuit. And then next year will be a full season on both. Um, so the finale for discovery is my favorite episode of the season of the whole season. Um, but it's not the finale for the whole season. If that makes Got sense. It. Well, tell me, tell me what was your biggest, you know, you know, going into you had a vision for it. And obviously a lot of that was materialized. Um, but what are some things that you're like, Whoa, I didn't realize that would be so impactful. Um, when you were with these, these individuals taking them out fishing and doing your show. Was there any like wild moment for you? Uh, every episode, every adventure. Um, even when I take out like kids fishing with their parents, just to show them what a kayaks are. Like I have these moments all the time where, you know, I have kids say stuff to me sometimes where they're just like, man, like this is so much better than uh, playing basketball. And, you know, I need to tell my friends about it. Like that's huge. You know, like stuff like that happens all the time. I think I did this episode um, last season with us uh, it might have been the year before i think it was last year um with zach gowan he was a wwe wrestler superstar he wrestled against hulk hogan roddy piper vince mcmahon uh the big show brock lesnar uh like he's my childhood is who he wrestled yeah. against yeah yeah mine too i mean minus the ultimate warrior and you know a couple of jake the snake and, and stuff the bushwhackers but, you know, yeah he's yeah. bushwhackers <laughs> my favorite man but one of those guys just passed away recently actually I followed oh no really yeah, I, follow, I follow them on socials and uh one of the i forgot i think butch is the one that passed away um but yeah, either way, uh, this dude, like his resume is ridiculous, right? And I remember when he got announced in WWE, like it was right at the end of when I was watching it. It was, it was like I was a little, getting a little bit older. Um, so like I stopped watching it right around that time. It was like when The Rock, I think, was like, I think on his way out, um, like he was starting to do movies. Um, but either way, like I remember uh, reading this guy's story and the wrestling stuff, which which to me was like the superhero part, you know? But the rest of his story was like, once I did research on the guy, I was like, whoa, like screw the wrestling part. This dude lost his leg when he was eight years old to cancer. And he was the first one-legged wrestler to ever wrestle um, in WWE. He was the first one-legged um, person to ever do the American Ninja Warrior course without his prosthetic. Um, like the the inspiration that this dude just like uh, like emotes is insane. And he's never fished. Uh, he's never been in a kayak. He's never fished in a kayak. I took him out in a kayak. And that episode, I, I encourage everybody to go on YouTube and watch that episode. It's on the 2022 playlist for last year. Um, that dude lit up the whole time. Like, he's got a big personality. He's got a wrestling personality. He's a motivational speaker now. But that dude lit up so much. That was my favorite episode, uh, like, for so many reasons. And it was one of those things where I even told him, I don't know if it was on camera or not. I don't remember if it was in the episode or not, but I told him while we were filming, I was like, Zach, I'm like, man, and we've met each other before. We did a couple, like uh, I, I film, I volunteer and film a lot of cancer survivor events and I do a lot of work with children's hospital. So I met him at a few events over the years, but I've never like talked to him. So we're sitting there talking. And I was like, man, I'm like, I gotta be honest with you, dude. I'm like, you inspire the hell out of me, man. I'm like, you know, we all have obstacles. We all have struggles. We all have things that like make us second guess what we're doing. We all have things that we think are holding us back. I'm like, but dude, you lost your leg at eight years old to cancer and you're a small dude. He's like, he's not much bigger than me. And you became a WWE superstar. Like 
you were like at the top of WWE. You went against, you had every big famous match. You did all these crazy things. You set records. You were the first person to ever do what you did. Like nobody looked like you until you did it. Like, and now you do motivational speeches. And I watch these videos and I see them, these kids just like light up. I'm like, man, like I want to do what you do. Like I want to, like, this is amazing what you do. And me and him are still friends. We still talk. We still keep in touch. And, you know, we've ran into each other at other events in the last year or two as well. But, you know, that dude is probably the first guest. I can't say the only guest, but the first guest that I sat back and I was like, dude, I just want to like, just want to hear you talk. Like, tell me everything, like share your story. Like, I, it's, I just want to be like a sponge right now. Like what you do is so beautiful and so powerful and so cool. And like, think about you have a bad day. Think about when you get like, a speeding ticket or uh, an unexpected bill comes in the mail or you, you know, you have a medical issue, but not life threatening or a toothache or, you know what I mean? Like all these bad things that we think are like holding us back or, you know, something that just like, Oh man, I, I'm going to give up. And then you look at this dude who's like a one legged 175 pound WWE wrestler. And you're like, all right, you know what? If you can do that, like what the hell is stopping me? Like there's nothing like, I'm, I'm in decent health. Like I, I'm like, I can do all these things. Like, like what excuse do I have? Like, it made me feel so stupid for ever complaining or ever thinking I was being held back. So that episode was probably the most, I mean, I've had a few since then, like everyone's got their own struggles and that's, what's cool about the show too, is we try to expose that. Like Sadie Bass had stage fright. That was like debilitating. Right. Like she almost didn't even go on the voice because she was like, like her cousin, her manager, like forced her to go on the voice. Um, and she was so scared, but that chick, like, she is like the sun. Like, she just like she's got her own gravity. Like, she is like the brightest personality in the world, but she's so shy. And I'm like, you know what? If you would have gave into that, you would have never been on The Voice. Which she made it pretty far. Like, she did great. You never would be doing. She's booked every weekend for the whole year, doing shows all over the country. Like, you never would do this. You would never be never able would to have been school. on the Basquatch Hunter. Come on, that too. I actually found. Her, I was on Facebook, and How she do you find lives. Your guests? In a, She's from a town. Um, I find guests in the weirdest ways. I'm not joking you. This sounds weird, but I've had, uh, I've had, uh, sorry, someone's messaging me about an episode right now and I had to see what it said. Um, I've had sponsors that I've got a hold of on like social media, like Facebook Messenger and Instagram Messenger. I've had guests that I like met at like a party store and I just like happened to like recognize them or like someone told me like, hey, you know, that guy does this. I'm like, oh, really? Like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, I met some guests at the Emmys actually that I'm going to be working with in the future. Um, Like, it's always so random, but like there's a town in Michigan called Bath, Michigan. Their Facebook page is their, their police department Facebook page is hilarious. Like <laughs> they post some of the, like they have thousands and thousands and thousands of comments. I don't almost every post, like they're like a satire page, but it's a got real it. police department. They'll post like a picture of somebody be like, Hey man, we'd love to see you. We got a free pizza for you. Come on into the jail. <laughs> and it's like, like a wanted poster, like, and it's real. Like they post some of the right. funniest stuff. So I follow them on socials because they're in Michigan. They're like a tiny little town, like in the middle of nowhere. So they posted something about her because she's from that area. and. I saw her and of course she's beautiful and she's an incredible singer. So I listened to her music and I was like, this chick's from Michigan. Like, Oh my gosh. Like she is amazing. So I messaged her. Um, she replied right away. And I was like, Hey, I don't know how big you are. You don't have a big following right now, but like, you just seem amazing. Like your music is like, and I saw videos and pictures of her, like gutting her own deer. And like, you know, she's like a true, like a hundred percent authentic, like, like 
outdoorsman. Like she is yeah. like the real deal. Like she's the kind of girl that would like out drink you at the bar and then beat you up afterwards, you know? So I was like, man, I would love to work with you. Like, I would love to have a country singer on here. We did an episode with like a nineties guitar player, like a, like a nineties rock, like uh, not a one hit wonder. They had a bunch of hits actually, but they had one really big hit in the nineties. And I was like, I love music episodes. I play a lot of instruments. I love music. Um, so she was like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's talk. I didn't hear back from her for like six months. And I didn't know, I was like, whatever that happens. Then I find out she got on the voice um, right after that. So I didn't hear from her for six months because she was all over the country in LA, whatever, doing the voice. And I was like, oh, like, I wonder if she's still interested. That'd be cool. Sure enough, she goes, I would love to do it. Like, I still am on board. Let me just finish the voice stuff. I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. So like Sadie was a cool one because of that too. But but you know what's funny though? Like if you give in to your insecurities or into your doubts, like it's amazing how like, it's the worst thing in the world for you. It's like it's like having the worst bully you could ever imagine, but you have to live with that person every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like it's like if anyone's been picked on, like I was the smallest kid in school, I got picked on a lot. Like if I think of my worst bully, my the worst thing a bully's ever done to me, which I've been humiliated in front of the entire school before, that was nothing compared to how hard I've been on myself in my worst moments in my life. And yeah. and how many times I've doubted myself or questioned like what I'm doing because of a hater on social media that's never met me. You know, like I used to give into all this crap and I realized like your biggest critic is yourself for a reason because if you overanalyze what you do and start doubting yourself, you will literally stop yourself from everything, from greatness, from making yeah. memories, from like I have this weird theory. Um, you know, there's a movie Jim Carrey did called Yes Man where he says yes to everything to see where it leads them. And I have this weird theory where I kind of live my life like that. Like I just say yes to things and I just try new things and I just say, nah, screw it. Let me go talk to this guy. Or like some random dude messages me going, Hey, you want to go fishing on my lake? And I'm like, yeah, I do actually. Like, let's go. Like you never know who you meet. And like, I've taken so many strangers out fishing that I became really good friends with or yeah. that I made great connections with, or that led me down a path that I never would have been led down if I was just like, Oh no, it's weird. Some random dude wants to go fishing with me and he's out of state and he wants to drive here. Like, like you never know who you meet. Like people are awesome. Like, I mean, there's bad people out there, obviously, but most people are awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I could be, a, I'm a testament to that. I mean, I just, it, here's a lot of people, a lot of YouTubers or, or want to be, everyone's like, oh, I want to start my fishing channel. I want to start my fishing channel before they know that it's like, I've been saying this for two years and I never actually hit the, the record button and put yourself out there. And yeah. you're a testament to that. I'm a testament to that. I just, I'm at two and a half years on YouTube and just hit, I think I'm going to hit 4 million views this upcoming like month. It's crazy. It's just just being me, right? I don't have to be anybody. <laughs> I love it. I was like, "What was that?" It was, it was the yeah, crowd cheering. Um, it was. It's just. It's fun. The friendships. I literally have gone out with people I never met before. Like, hey, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. And it's actually driving me nuts now because I had my buddy Bofin Junkie. He was texting me all day today. He was absolutely slaying them. I mean, 16, 17, 18 inch bass photo after photo after photo for like four hours straight it was driving Did you see bofin crazy. uh bofin junkie is his name i love um, bofin oh it, it, ironically it's he's not even talking about the fish it's kind of a, oh. a mashup between bo, <laughs> oh. bow hunting. Oh, okay. i'm like bofin fishing is <laughs> i like love i love fun. bofin fishing as well but um yeah nonetheless it is a wild so moral of that story same thing you're saying get out there just, just hit the record button. If you want to do the YouTube, whatever it is what you want to do, it's it's the find your Basquatch, right? You say that a lot. Follow so your that's thing, funny right? too, because on my trailer, on my truck, on my hood of my truck, it says find your Basquatch. And everyone always is like thinks that means go find your fish. And I always tell people, I'm like, dude, that, mm. that word Basquatch, when I trademarked it, 
I started my plan for my show, which is the next step of my show. Um, once I get a bigger budget so I can afford to do it again. Um, when I used to do it myself, it was easy. When I have a big crew that has to go everywhere with me, then it's a lot harder to travel. But I like trying to find like the biggest um, peacock bass in Florida, the biggest mm -hmm. salmon in northern Michigan, the biggest uh, walleye in Minnesota, the biggest whatever the like biggest sturgeon in Idaho. I did that episode too. Like I used to do that when I was filming by myself. I would just go to these different states and be like, I want to catch the biggest fish in this area, and I want to bring someone with me to do it though. Um, I want to share this with somebody like nobody wants to be on top of a mountain by themselves. They get pretty lonely, but bring a whole party with you. And then it's pretty fun. So I started doing that. And I was like, man, like, like chasing these big things is cool, but chasing the adventure and not only chasing the adventure, but I, I literally fell in love with inspiring people. Like my favorite YouTube channels, 90% of all YouTube I watch are these three channels and they're all inspirational channels. They're all these guys uh, that do pay it forward stuff and pranks where they surprise people with a thousand dollars, a new car or house. And like, I get motivated so much by seeing, I do pay it forward stuff once a week, if not more, I just don't film it anymore. Um, I film once in a while, I'll film bigger stuff. Um, just like if sponsors help out with it, then I want to like share it for them. But uh, I got so inspired doing that stuff that I was like, man, like, making an impact is so important. Like doing whatever you want is cool, but if you're not making an impact and, and making someone else's life better, then you're not leaving anything behind, you know, like money and material stuff never really mattered to me because it, you can't take it with you. You know, like it doesn't really do anything. All it does is I can be like, Hey, look what I got. Like, but that doesn't mean anything, right. but being able to make an impact on someone that can potentially inspire them to follow their dreams and chase their passion, just like Bill Dance did to me. That's like a real thing. Like that's something that like, you know, someone can look at in 30 years and say, I did this because of this. And if I could be even, like I said earlier, a fraction of that impact to anybody in the world, like whether it's my nephews or whether it's, you know, someone I've never met before, like whatever it is, like to me, that's the most like rewarding thing you could ever do with, with your life, with the time we have on here. Like you can spend money all day. You can get it back. Right. Like I've been broke. I've lost a house. I've, I've lost everything before and I've got it all back and I've lost it again and got like, like no matter how rich you are, how poor you are, money fluctuates, right? Like it's, it's just, it's not a, ever a guaranteed thing, but what you don't get back is time. It's the only thing you can spend and never get back. So if you spend that, you spend that time doing something that you can get something back from it like something rewarding, like impacting someone else. That's the only way that your time is actually being spent being useful. You're not wasting it. You know what I mean? Like spending time just to make money to buy stupid things means nothing. Like I've never understood that mentality. Like I actually had a girl break up with me when I was, I was single for a couple of years after my divorce, like four or five years ago, I had a girl break up with me because she's like, you don't save your money good enough. You just give so much away. And I was like, yeah, cause I can't take, if I die tomorrow, what does it matter what I have in my bank? You know, like, but today I just bought everyone's groceries at Walmart. So to me, that's going to, that's going to matter tomorrow where I might not, you know? So I'm like, yeah. that's just how I live. Like, I'm sorry if you don't like it, but that's just how I'm going to live my life. And I'm Remember, she was like, well, I want to go on trips and I want to do this. I'm like, all right, see ya. Like, good luck on your trips. Like, your trips are for you, for nobody else. Like, what I'm doing is for somebody else. Like, that's that's a real impact. Um, but I want to segue. Um, can I segue into something real quick? Well, really quick, I want to circle back because I want to talk about your children's book. Is that what you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, let, me, before... let me move my Emmy pamphlet here off of the book. Uh, we, we didn't even talk about that, too. We're going to run out of time before we talk about everything. Yeah, it's Real fine. quick, if you have a question... For Mike, go ahead and throw that in the in the, the comment section, and we'll circle back as we kind of land this plane a little bit. Um, but really quick, Adventures One Hundred One, you know you've impacted Diane and I. Um, there you go. I'm sure you know who they are, but I don't. But you're making that a difference, man. That dude is an amazing man. He's been a fan of mine. I've never met him in person. Never mm -hmm. seen him in person. Um, never seen a picture of him. Nothing. Um, 
that dude has been a supporter of mine since literally like my first or maybe second, but I think first YouTube video. Um, and, and there's a small group of people. We have a private group, a messenger group called the bass squad. And these dudes are from all over the country. Some of them I've never met. Some of them I, I know personally, some of them I've never met. Um, and they're all my original, like original followers and, and supporters from day one. And we talk about family and life and we have these little conversations. Anytime something cool happens, they're usually the first to hear about it. Um, and, and he's, he's like the OG, he's like the original. So, uh, you know, he, he always says that I've impacted him and his wife, but at the same time, like, I don't think he realizes how much he's impacted me and like having support from a stranger, like a grown man, a stranger from a, a different state that I've never met, never seen and never met me. The fact that I have an impact on him is impactful. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's crazy to me. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me that the work I do, just me trying to do the best I can to live my life the way I want actually makes an impact on people. Like that's, it's crazy. Two comments here before we segue. Uh, Greg, which is um, a guy that's always on the channel, um, one of my community members, channel member as well. I love going back and forth with all of them. He says, don't mean to repeat this, but this young guy has a grip on life. So right on there. And then Dale, Mike took my niece's fishing on Saturday, caught a couple sunfish. I purchased your book, gave it to one of them for their birthday. It was a big hit. So tell me about this book. Well, thank you, Dale. I appreciate you uh, being the one. I'm joking. So I've sold a lot of these, actually. I'm not the only one. Um, I actually sold out of my first printing in three weeks. And uh, I sell them just on my website. They're on Amazon, too. But I don't want to. I don't want people to buy them on Amazon. Amazon charges so much money in fees. Unless you're selling like a super crazy amount of, of products, they charge you a really high percentage. So I actually lose like $1.25 every time someone buys a book on Amazon. Um, <laughs> but it's fine because I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to jack the price up. I don't want to. Like, I just, it is what it is. Um, but they're on the website. But um, our second book will be out. We have 13 books planned. The second book will be out in about a month, month and a half. My illustrator is working really hard on it right now. Um, third book is almost done being written. Then it goes to the editor. Um, our editor right now that I use is in London. So it's like an extra week almost from the time differences and the changes and stuff. Um, and if we have to go back and forth. But then it goes out. So that our, our first four should be out this year. Um, but the cool part about these books um, are they're based on our actual show. Um, and they're based on actual real people, real life, um, my real childhood, my real life. Like these books are just as real as my TV show is. And that was the point when I write these books. And when I wrote this first one, um, the whole point of it, I, I teach over 600 kids a summer, how to fish. I do all the kids camps. I volunteer at every single kids camp in my area. And, uh, like I, I'm like a permanent fixture for the last four years. And every time they have an event, I'm just there. I cancel anything I have. Um, and I, I volunteer at all these events and I work with every single kid one-on-one and I teach all these kids how to catch the first fish, how to put a worm on a hook, how to, you know, do all the stuff. And I do little speeches for them and it's so much fun. And I, I wanted to share my story with them, but I wanted to share it in a way that they could relate to and also where they could put themselves in that story. So I started writing these children's books and we have this character, uh, which actually is a real life rendition at the street artist we filmed what did for me back here but his name is seth squatch and uh we chose the name seth squatch for two reasons one my favorite actor as a kid was seth green um and i wanted my name to be seth when i was a kid so um seth was like the one i want to choose and then it sounded like sasquatch so seth squatch was the name so this first book right here is called the adventures of seth squatch the bass squatch hunter um so the title of the book is always the same, Adventures of Seth Squatch. The subtitle, the first one is called The Basquatch Hunter because this is about when he got his nickname, The Basquatch Hunter. Um, and I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of what the book's about. I don't want to sit here for an hour and keep you too long and read the whole thing. But um, the back of the book, it says, 
When Seth Squatch meets a human for the first time, he is nervous and scared. But an unlikely friendship changes Seth's perspective on life and sends him on remarkable adventures. Each book in the series teaches valuable lessons that can be applied in life. This book teaches about meeting new people, trying new things, having patience and determination. Maybe you too will go on new adventures. So this book, I dedicate to my nephews, the first book, because they're super weird and cool, just like I am sometimes. Um, we have, uh, that's what the book looks like. So it's super okay. good. My illustrator yeah. is amazing. Um, like, you know, Seth's hid in the woods for a very long time. People are always looking for him. So he's told to never leave the woods. He got made fun of for being a smaller Sasquatch. So he just had his little dog Cedar here by his side for his support, a dog that wandered in the woods. He named it after his favorite tree. Um, he heard something one day that was something different that he's never heard before. Turns out it was a human in a kayak. Um, and he met him. He wanted to learn how to fish. So he taught the, or the human taught him how to fish. And then he caught his first big fish. Let me get to that page. Let me fast forward. He got his first big fish right here. And of course it was the biggest fish that he's ever seen. And they called a Sasquatch sized bass or a basquatch. And then the fisherman said, Hey, we'll call you the basquatch hunter from now on. And they wrote it on his hat right here. And then he went on to his merry way, had a good time, but now he's not afraid of people anymore. I just want to read this last part. Uh, Seth felt so much better after meeting Joey, which is a fisherman, which is my middle name is Joseph um, and learning how to fish. But this was only the beginning. Seth has spent his whole life in his little world, afraid to go anywhere or meet anyone outside of it. With his new confidence and curiosity, Seth decided that he needed to see what else he's been missing all this time. Seth Squatch packed up his backpack, gathered his dog Cedar, and said goodbye to his home. He was no longer scared to look for adventure and meet as many people that are different than him as possible. So that's the whole story of Seth Squatch. Seth Squatch is hiding in the woods. He was always told to stay away from humans. He met a human and he was like, hey, you know what? Humans are cool. And I learned something really cool from this human. So every single day he wants to leave the woods now and meet a new human, teach him how to fish in the woods, but also learn what they do and see what they do for a living. So he meets a NASCAR driver in the first book, which is the one coming out next. Right. He meets a comedian in the next one. He meets a country singer, a girl country singer, just so happens to be tall blonde country singer that looks just like Sadie Bass. Um, <laughs> he meets firefighters. He meets every day. He meets a new person learns how to do what they do, learns to not be afraid of people that are different than him. And then he teaches all of them how to fish. So in each book, he's got a journal entry that he writes uh, that's in Seth's writing. He writes what he thought of the day. There's a map of where he went fishing with the guest. This map is actually the board game. It's also on our website where you can fish as Seth in his world. Um, and then there's an adventurer's journal where the kids can fill out their own adventure journal about you know uh, your favorite person to do new things with, your favorite adventure you've been on, uh, one human you want to meet one day. There's an original sketch page that can color in, um, tells you the next book's about a race car driver. And then the last page is a custom sticker set of all the characters in the book. I'm sold. My girls are going to love it. So, and it's a super high end, like premium. We like, I, I literally spend a lot of money on these books because I wanted them to be the highest quality books that will last forever. So they're really big. They're hardcover, uh, really thick paper that's satin. So you can wipe it off if you spill something. Um, but this book it's available at sethsquatch.com. by the way, can can I put it in the comments here? I don't know if I can comment on here, but it's Seth, Seth hyphen squatch.com. Got it. I don't know if it gives me a spot to comment. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, you should do it too. It's not for some reason. Here, I'll do it. But it's Seth-Squatch.com. Um, we've got about 60 of this book left in stock. So when it, when we run out, it takes a few weeks to get a new print in. Um, but thank you for putting that in. But check these books out, guys. They're 
super cool and everyone's loved and we do kids readings all the time and every kid has been I, I read to 135 kids at once last week or two weeks ago and every single kid all second graders and they all were so attentive they had their attention the entire time they were so excited um we're planning a private reading at, with the parks department with like 100 kids um in the fall um i mean it's just such a cool book and the whole point of that book was exactly what it's been doing from all the feedback I've got. I've read to over a thousand kids and I've never heard a kid not give me an amazing answer when I ask him at the end. I say, what did you learn from the book today? And I've had kids go, well, I learned that not to be afraid to try new things. And I learned that maybe Tim over there that nobody talks to, maybe he's got something to teach me, or maybe I shouldn't be scared to try something different. Or maybe if I want to be an astronaut, I should really try to be an astronaut. Like I've heard some of the most amazing like feedbacks and, and, and it's not just about fishing. It's about taking that risk. It's about meeting someone different than you, doing something different than what you're used to and getting out of the woods. You know what I mean? Like a Sasquatch hides in the woods his whole life, never knows what's outside of it. But then he realizes all the opportunity and all the amazing people and all the amazing journeys. And same thing I did with my job. And I, same thing I continue to do every single day and every episode and every month. And I want to encourage everyone to do that is get out of the woods, see what you've been missing all this time. If you've been an engineer for 25 years and you've never like taken a risk or done an adventure or anything like that, maybe take a week off work and go hiking or do something you've never done before because you never know. You never know what opportunity that could present itself because you did something different or you met someone different or you gave this guy a chance to talk to, to hang out with that you've never hung out with. Like I, I took my neighbor fishing across the street from me. He's an older gentleman. He lost his wife and um, you know, he was just sitting at home and I could tell he was kind of sad and I took him out fishing and I was like, Hey man, like I've never met you, but like, want to come out fishing with me one day? He ended up buying a, a feel free lure kayak and he went out fishing all the time afterwards. And I was like, you never know, <laughs> like you never know who you meet or who, like who could benefit from a smile and a wave or, you know what I mean? Like it, we all have struggles. Like we're not unique in that at all. We all have struggles. We all have inner demons. We all have battles. We all have scars and baggage, but what's the most healing thing in the world for everybody is just something different. Like a, a, some kindness, like a little gesture or a little pay it forward thing, or a little, like, let's go out fishing and try something else. Or like, if your best friend is an electrician and you've never done electrical work, invite him over and be like, Hey, can you show me how to do some of the stuff? Like you never know like how much of an impact it'll make on that person that they get to share something with you. You know what I mean? And then you can teach them something you want to do. Like, it's just, it's such a stupid concept as an adult, because like as a grown 40 year old man, I can't just call you up and go, Hey man, do you want to go to the batting cages and I'll show you how to hit a baseball? Like, it's just weird to do as an adult, but you never know, like you never know what you could do. Uh, I saw a comment that I wanted to answer really quick. Uh, my ADD caught it. Uh, Lost in tackle said, question, Mike, you ever use a scroll saw? Uh, so yes, I have, I built furniture and did woodwork and stuff for a while. Um, but the funny part about the scroll saw is my first time using it. I almost lost my hand because I didn't understand how it worked and no one showed me how to use it. Oh, um, so the scroll saw was scary for me. For sure. <laughs> well, if you want to, want to know how to learn the scroll saw, my wife actually has a scroll saw YouTube channel. Wendell Woodworks. Are you serious? Yeah, she's a woodworker. And so head over to Wendell Woodworks, check her out. <laughs> what we, are the odds of that question? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. All right. And she also said, she's actually in the comments here. I think our girls need this book. So I do too, as well. Yeah, as you can see, she also said, I wish I could chat this past life and woodworking, but this isn't the place. Nonetheless, guys, we are we're we're at the end of our time, unfortunately. Oh, Mike, you told me to be long-winded. I thought we had like four hours here. Oh, sure. uh, we we could I have a feeling we could we could go. Um, but you know what's funny is I didn't talk about the board game. I didn't talk about the Emmys, I didn't talk about uh I, there's, I don't want to give it away. There's actually a few other things that we didn't talk We're about. We're just going to have to bring you back on. That's what's Yeah, I think happen. we should do a part two. But yes, the, the B side of this bad boy. But hey, you know, know what I want to say? And I think it's been 
it's been said a little bit in the comments too, if you've been following along. Um, one, incredibly inspirational. Two, thank you so much for introducing so many new people to the sport that we all love. Dude, it's um, absolutely my pleasure. It's my favorite yeah. thing to do. I know it's your favorite thing to do, but I want to thank you for doing it because you're doing it. At a, <laughs> you're doing it at a scale and reaching an audience that you know YouTube saturated. And so you're out there reaching an audience of new people who never would actually like you have to search for it on YouTube. You're reaching people that are crossing over from other passions. And so thank you so much. Go check him out. Go to Seth Watch, get his book. Go to Basquatch Hunter to his website. Don't go to Amazon, buy his book because it <laughs> costs Mike money. Uh, head over to his YouTube channel. He's still posting over there and give him a subscribe. Mike, thank you so much. Anything else you want to lay on us before you, before you take off tonight? Yeah, I'll make this one short. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say, uh, check out YouTube, check out, uh, you know, watch us on Discovery Channel. We have our season finale on Discovery Channel. We air every Saturday. Um, so set your DVRs because we air in the morning. Um, this Saturday, I think, is the last episode on Discovery, and it's with the amazing Brooke Fletcher from Valley Sports in Chicago. She was Miss Georgia. Um, she hosts a sports show. She's a uh, a very, very, very uh, amazing woman in a very heavily male-dominated sport um, or industry, I should say. Um, and she's incredible. And uh, in that episode, we were in downtown Chicago. We filmed at the United Center where the Bulls play and everything. It was super cool. Um, my first time on live TV, and I did a, I did a live TV sports report with her. Um, and uh, we donated the kayak she used to the Boys and Girls Club in Chicago to inspire young boys and girls to try kayaking too. Um, so the kayak she used in the episode was brand new. I brought it out there for her. And then um, she lives in downtown Chicago. So giving her a kayak would be kind of useless. So uh, we donated it to the Boys and Girls Club so we can get a bunch of kids out there. And I've heard from them that uh, the kids loved it. And it's amazing. It's, it's inspiring all these young girls to try new things too, just like she did. So make sure you guys check out Discovery Channel. This Saturday is the last episode of Discovery. Then we air four times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday on the Pursuit Channel until September. So all the episodes that are left will be on there. Um, also on YouTube, we put them on YouTube right after they air on cable. Um, and then Instagram is where we do our behind the scenes pictures and stuff. And everything's under the Basquatch on our name. Um, but I do want to say one thing really quick too. Um, so, so I'm trying to be fast. I'm so sorry, man. Like I, that's why when you said be long winded, I was like, Oh, be easy. Cause I can do that. Um, I want to say this. We've talked about being inspirational a lot and inspiring people a lot. Um, I've never had a YouTube channel before this. I've never, um, done tv before this i've never done anything i've done i've never done before i've never done wwe wrestling style stuff before i did that episode like i've never figure skated before that episode like i've never done all these things i started out with uh 32 subscribers on youtube when i got my first sponsorship um this year we reached over 7 million impressions on our show um so like i want people to realize that you're you are like 30 seconds away from accomplishing your goal at any moment and you don't know it until you try it and i literally like 32 subscribers i had a lot of people laugh at me that i called and asked them to sponsor my show i had a few people that believed in me that are still with me today for seven years they've been sponsoring me and yeah. we've grown obviously like crazy like levels with them um and it's it's literally like i always tell people when you're afraid to do something the scariest part is like three seconds before success like if you're afraid to jump out of an airplane as soon as you do it the next feeling you get is like the most amazing sensation in the world right so right before you do something is the scariest moment so if you're super scared to try something different if you're super scared to take that jump and bet on yourself and follow your dream career just know that right after that scary feeling will be the best feeling you've ever had in your life that freedom you'll have so seven years started out with nothing and i literally built the first kayak bass fishing theme show on discovery channel the first kayak bass fishing theme show that was been nominated for an emmy um 
you know, it's just amazing what we've accomplished. And I can't wait to see what else we accomplish. But my biggest excitement, and I'll end it on this, is to see what everyone that gets inspired by all of our stories, what they accomplish. Because to me, like I said, that's what I get to leave behind. At the end of the day, that's what my legacy will be, is anybody who followed their dreams, did something better than I've done it, built something bigger than I've built it, and then they get to inspire people behind them too. So I hope everyone takes that advice. And I don't care what you do for a living or how old you are or how long you've been doing it or how young you are try something different and chase that dream because I'll be honest with you, I work 18 to 20 hours a day sometimes and I'm so happy with my choice. I'm so happy with what I've done and it's amazing to see the feedback from it. So thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the platform a lot. I love your podcast and thank you for everyone for listening. And if you have any questions, message me anytime. I'm available 24 seven. Right on. Find your Basquatch folks. Hey, I'll see you next week. I got fishing with Gramps on uh, next Tuesday night. Hopefully he gets his internet fixed out there in the middle of Indiana where he lives, but uh, <laughs> excited to have him back on. We usually try to go circle back about once a month. So see you at same bat time, same bad channel. Bye.